The new Deshaun Watson suspension ruling has come down. 11 games for Deshaun Watson just breaking as we are recording here on today's Peacock and Williamson. And we'll start previewing week two of preseason football, the Thursday and Friday games on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you as always. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And how about that for timing as we prepared to record noon Eastern on this Thursday. The Watson news comes down and it is official now after some negotiations from the league and Watson's camp and the Browns and everybody getting together. It is no longer a six game suspension for Deshaun Watson in 2022. It is now an 11 game suspension for Deshaun Watson and a $5 million fine. Uh, Watson will also have to undergo some treatment and counseling as part of this deal. The NFL and the Browns will also throw in money to support the prevention of sexual misconduct and assault. I don't know exactly what that uh, those combined donations will be and what exactly what um, organization they will be going to. I'm sure we'll get more details coming out about all of this. But the bottom line is Deshaun Watson. It looks like this is all over now. And we know it is going to be an 11 game suspension for the 2022 season and a $5 million fine. Matt, what do you think? Did they get it right, or did Watson still kind of win and get off a little easy here? Well, how about this for timing? I mean, this just happened five minutes ago, and boom, we're going on the air and all over it. Um, My initial thoughts are, I can live with this. This is close enough. I mean, maybe if anything, he got a little lesser than maybe deserved, you know, but again, I'm getting secondhand, thirdhand, fourthhand information. I think six was kind of crazy. I think 11 plus the fine is about right. And here's the, the kicker to this is it would be better for the Browns, the way I interpret it, if he would have got the entire year than getting what he did is 11. Well, why is that, Matt? You know, well, salary cap. Because the way I understand it is if he would have got the whole year, they could push back his contract another season. So why is that important? Well, this year, 2022, Deshaun Watson is a $9.6 million cap hit. That's gold for such a good quarterback, for such a good player. Well, the subsequent four years starting in 2023 – He's basically a $55 million cap hit. So this was their window is this season. And like looking at cap space right now, the Browns have the most current cap space in the entire league by a lot, a massive margin. But if you, as soon as you click on 2023, they're at the very, very bottom of the league. They're they're 32 million in the hole. And if you even click the 2024 they're the, by far the worst cap space in the league. So they created this contract for a window right now. We're going to go all in. And the way I think that this plays out is when he comes back in week 13, because it'll be 11 games plus a bye, they're not going to be a contender. They're not going to have an opportunity to win this season. And more importantly, 
Next year, they have so many contracts that are 10 plus million a year, like way more than any other team. I strongly, strongly suspect with the way that this you know, all worked out after the year, they're going to be cutting Kareem Hunt, Jack Conklin, uh, Jadavian Clowney, Amari Cooper, those type of guys that they've been able to add because of all their cap space just to you know get Deshaun you know, under the cap. So I think this screws the Browns more than a longer deal would have. And I think that probably came into play with the ruling. I think the, the NFL wasn't upset that that might be partially the case here. Right. Um, and, and if it was, if they negotiated eight games, that wouldn't have made sense to go from six to eight. It had to be a significant amount more. I, I put the over under it at 12 games. And so it was right under that at 11. So that makes sense from a negotiation standpoint, the league won in a full year. Uh, the precedent was set at six games before. Now we have a new precedent of 11 games. So you're going to miss most of a season when these kind of instances happen in the future in the NFL, which I think is a much better precedent to set than the, uh, you know, two games, four games, six games mm-hmm. we've seen in the past for some of these things. And it's a great point that the Browns now are in a terrible spot where maybe they have a lost season in the only cheap season on Deshaun Watson's contract. Things get more right. difficult for them this year. This was kind of their all-in year. And then now you have six weeks of Deshaun Watson. We'll go over what that season looks like at the end of the year when Deshaun Watson comes back for him still to kind of knock the rust off. So even if you're think you're in the hunt Watson might not come back and be that savior for you on the football field in those final six weeks it might take him a month to kind of knock the rust off and and become the player he once was and then it might be too late and he's not coming back till December as it is you know I just looked the game he comes back at Houston wow Timing on that one. That I is week that was, 13. At I wonder if that Houston. was purposeful. That is I, it sure seems like it, doesn't it? You know, like 10, 12. You never see an odd number. I think that was purposeful. Wow. Purposeful. That's pretty amazing. So uh the, the bye week for the, the Cleveland Browns is week nine. So uh, 11 games plus the bye is 12 weeks of the season. That means Deshaun Watson won't come back until December. The week 13 matchup at the Houston Texans on December 4th. <laughs> then week 14 is at Cincinnati. Then they've got Baltimore at home, New Orleans at home in week 16. They finish up the season on the road at Washington. And then January 8th, week 18, the final game of the year at the Pittsburgh Steelers. So another facet to this, the more I look at this, again, we're really re- reacting right away. The fact that he's coming back at Houston, I don't think is a shot, is, is coincidental. I mean, usually these things are 10 or 12. I would pick 11, you know, just to make it even tougher on them. And I also think in that 10 to 12 range, you're a little bit in no man's land. If he would have gotten a year, again, they have a ton of cap space this year. I would have traded for Jimmy and said, let's play defense and run the ball and, and we'll take a shot with – Amari and Conklin and Najoku and all those guys with 10 to 12 neighborhood and 11. Can you really trade for Jimmy? And then in December, the quarterback room is Brissett, Garoppolo and Watson, you know, like that doesn't seem to add up to me. It kind of puts them in no man's land, which I think is the worst case scenario for them. And, and like you said, I don't expect Watson to play well in December because he hasn't played all last year and all this year. And I, and I'm sure he'll be fine. I mean, next year he'll be awesome. Probably by the end of the year, he'll be awesome. But I would think a game or two worth of rust once he returns. 
12, yeah, I just don't think it's enough to make a big deal for Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. One of the big factors is, is the money you talked about because all that cap space that the Browns have right now, I'm sure the plan is that they want to roll all of that cap space into next year when, now they will, right. when the contract hits and when other guys are getting paid. So that way it, it lessens, you know, with the cap going up in 2023, maybe they don't have to cut anybody. Maybe they can still keep it going and, 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 and really pay whoever they need to pay, whether it's bringing in outside free agents, pay their current players and not have a salary cap crunch rolling that money over. So is it worth it for them for 11 weeks to just cross their fingers and hope they like what they've seen from Jacoby Brissett? And I think, you know, Joe Jacoby in, in that system uh, for a little bit now has had the opportunity to prove to them, okay, they either like what they've seen from Jacoby Brissett and they're like, well, we have no choice. Let's go with it because we don't want to go down this other road. Or they're like, this is a disaster. We need to win. We need to save some face here. Let's go get Jimmy and work out some kind of a deal that makes sense. And it's not too much salary. And it's not too much that we're giving up in trade and, and make a deal work. I could still see it being a possibility, but if I had to guess, I would think they're just going to roll with Jacoby Brissett. I'm glad you mentioned the rollover factor because that does work in their favor. They could just kind of sit on their hands roll that money towards next year, get back to, you know, about zero on the cap and then finagle some contracts. And we, we've seen people work around the salary cap before. So just because he's a $55 million hit the next four years doesn't mean that they're totally crippled. You know I mean? We've seen the Saints and other teams do so much maneuvering. So I'm glad you threw that out there. But the other problem is I'm sure they'll lose more than they gain next off season but now you don't have any picks to go get to, you know, fix your problems too. Like I look at their defensive tackles off the top of my head and think that's a pretty bad position group. That might be their worst position group, but how are they going to fix it? You know, they don't have many resources to do these things. I've got one more galaxy brain idea here about how the Browns could work this quarterback situation and maybe still bring somebody in. We'll get to that next. And of course, preview Week two of preseason football, we've got Thursday and Friday exhibition games. We'll get to the rest of the slate on tomorrow's show to preview because we've got too much to get to with all this Watson news. Uh, that is coming up next, but I want to let the folks know about LinkedIn. As you gear up this fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. Maybe you need a quarterback for 11 weeks. I don't know if you find <laughs> that on LinkedIn jobs, but LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free, create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of 810 million people. You know it. I'm on it. Everyone's on LinkedIn. It is the fastest way to reach the most people that you could be hiring for your job. Then add your job to the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you ultimately will end up hiring. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. 
Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. And for your second listen, make sure you're checking out Matt on the Locked On Dynasty podcast. We've got Locked On Fantasy Football with Vinny Iyer and 20 years of experience in the fantasy industry. And next week is Fantasy Week. Starting August 22nd, we're bringing you daily top 10 lists for Fantasy Draft Week. Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, how about this for the, the Cleveland Browns? Can they potentially do both? Can you can you make a deal with the 49ers, with Don Yee, Jimmy Garoppolo's agent? Um, Jimmy takes uh, – clearly Jimmy's going to take a pay cut no matter what, whether it's trade or – Sure, he, sure. The 49ers might say, look, I don't – give us a fifth rounder in the future so he doesn't go to the Seahawks. You know, it could be very minor compensation that ends up going. It might be the same contract it would have been if Jimmy was released that you end up uh, signing him for. Maybe the Niners kick in a couple million to get a better pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, could the and I think San Francisco down. says yes to that, don't you? Yeah, well, so here's the here's right the wrinkle that, that could work out in any team's favor that goes and gets Jimmy Garoppolo. What if you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and then things are going uh, poorly or good or whatever? Maybe you could even flip him at the trade deadline and get those picks right, back. Right. And now you've gotten most of the way to Deshaun Watson. Uh, or you, know, you let him become a free agent and he helps your comp game, you know. Here's, that's the thing. So that's right, the other right, right. thing. If Jimmy Garoppolo plays well, and even if it's only for 11 weeks and then he has to sit for Deshaun Watson, he has earned himself a really good contract when he's a free agent in the coming season. And I, I think there's no chance that he is not a at least coveted player to some degree one year from now, like at least where Brissett was or right. Trubisky or, you know and, what I mean? Like, and I yeah. think it would be a level higher than that based on what right, he's right. done in the past. It'd have to be a disastrous season. Right. Right. That, that Brissett and Trubisky haven't achieved what Jimmy Garoppolo has. So I think right. he'd be ahead of that. And from what I'm hearing from the information uh, is that, uh, he would be a Washington commander right now. And that exact deal mm. gone to the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, and he'd be making a lot more money if it wasn't for the injury. Uh, and it wouldn't be Carson Wentz. So that's what I'm hearing. And uh, and so I think teams look maybe at he's him. a commander next year. Right. So maybe it turns right. out he's a commander next year. Or one of these teams that wants to draft a quarterback and the, he's the best stopgap available and signs sure. a, a short-term deal, but it'd still be enough money to where in the comp game uh, that could get you a third-round pick. So the Browns could potentially get a future third-round pick no matter what they give up, if they give up a fourth, maybe they even make capital draft capital on the whole deal. If they get back on third, right. Uh, and Cause they're and, not going to add anybody to hurt their comp pick. Game. Right. And they kind of know yeah. what their plan is. And they could probably look ahead and say, look, if Jimmy balls out and he signs somewhere, we know we're not going to be adding a lot in free agency. So we might get that premium pick. And so that might be a way that a team could look at this and feel a lot better about giving something up for, for Jimmy G. And of course, picks could go both ways. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, here's a conditional third, but it could become a fourth. And, um, and then also the Niners throw in a fifth and then Niners pay a couple million. Jimmy takes a huge pay cut. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot of things that could go into this, that they could make a deal happen still. I think it's probably doubtful, but there, there, there is some sense to be made for the Browns to go be good this year. And that would really help solve a lot of problems. And as if they're losing for 11 weeks before Deshaun Watson comes back, uh, it's just, you know, it's just going to double down on how bad the, the vibe is with the Cleveland Browns this year. As a Niners maestro, you've thought this out very well, and that's a great plan you laid out because, in a way, everybody wins, you know, in that scenario where your Niners get a fifth or maybe a conditional fourth or something like that. I like the word conditional in this trade as well, which would be great considering where things are at right now. Future pick makes sense, not a 2023, because if you're the Browns, 
you're so light on picks anyways. A, a future pick makes a lot more sense, and that's when the comp pick would kick in anyway. I'm sure the Niners would be happy with that, especially if it's not a sixth or seventh. You know, like, I don't want a future sixth or seventh for this guy. I need more than that. I need to make it a little bit of meat on the bone. Um, I'm having a real hard time finding a loophole in that scenario. I mean, the only things I can come up with, which isn't anything against the deal, is I just think the quarterback room gets a little hairy come week 12 when it's Watson, Garoppolo, and Brissett. I mean, but I assume you just hand it to Deshaun. He's giving him $55 million a year. It doesn't matter if Jimmy's 11-0 and 0 and an MVP candidate. I mean, so, so be it. I mean, if you offend some people at that point, who cares? Um, and then the other thing is it's just late. Like, I, I don't know if any quarterback could change teams right now and be ready for week one, but that's why you have Brissett. Right. Yeah. And and that's what's hard about it, except that, you know, the terminology, it's it's very much that Kubiak Shanahan tree offense mm-hmm. Spansky's running and they're built in a similar style that the 49ers have been winning with, you know, in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl 2021, when we went to the NFC championship game, play some defense, run the ball. Jimmy is a leader and, you know. And, and helps facilitates wins in ways that aren't like he's going out and, and winning the football game. So you could, you could envision how he could jump into that pretty quickly and, and they would be okay. But um, yeah. I don't know, big decisions for the Cleveland Browns. Now they're in no man's land with 11 game suspension for Deshaun Watson for the 2022 season. And Let's they, they, they can still, they can still deal with Kareem hunt too, and get some kind of pick or, you know, yeah, no, yeah. And they make can a little more cap offset, face that way too. Yeah. Offset salaries that they're taking on. If they really want to roll that whole thing over in the next year too, by, by doing some of those things. Super so. quick. I'm looking at their schedule. I mean, at Carolina versus Steelers at Miami, I think are probably coin flip games or they're a slight dog with Brissett. Versus the Jets at Atlanta, I think they're probably favored in those games. Everyone else, I think they're a clear dog. So if they're six and five when Watson returns, are they still alive? Like, I don't think they can get to six and five. I think that they look more like four and seven, three and eight, and then I think they're dead. But here's a better question. If they're five and six when Watson is instated, reinstated, are they still alive? Watson needs maybe a couple games to knock off the rust. Right. Um, and the end of the schedule is tough. You would think at Houston they could still win with Watson knocking off the rust. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult. Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans, uh, last couple of games. Could they win three or four of those? Just Is four enough? Because that would still get you to nine wins, nine and eight, mm-hmm. even if they go four and two for the last six games. Yeah, I, I will probably pick them to be last in the north. Uh, I think I would have to also right now. Yeah. Let's start looking ahead to Thursday night football tonight. We've got preseason week two action bears at Seahawks. Uh, Then we'll get into the Friday games as well. Uh, I want to note something in this bear Seahawks games. Clearly, you know, Justin Fields is is what I'm going to be watching, but when the Seahawks are on offense, they draft the two offensive tackles. And of course everyone knows first round pick Charles cross, and he's looked really good for the Seahawks, but I'm actually surprised how good, uh, Abraham Lucas. Abe Lucas has looked awesome at right tackle as well. And so if that continues, maybe the, the Seahawks, <coughs> both of their bookend tackles in the 2022 NFL drafts. So that's the first thing I'm going to be looking for when the Seahawks have the football. That's a great one. And I'm real familiar with the Seahawks because they were in town here last Saturday. So I've watched that game over and over. And a lot of it has been at Sharkies down the street after 8 p.m. It seems like the Steeler game's been on every night. 
But sometimes I'm also sitting there with the Steeler coach, so I get a little tidbit. But anyway, I've watched a lot of the Seahawks team. And How, did they look better at Sharkies or when you're sitting next to a coach? Uh, both. Well, okay. some co- it depends. Coaches will be like that dumb, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> but as the night goes on, they tend to look better. Um, <laughs> the other note about Seattle, first of all, Steeler fans hate this, but I've been telling them, Playing Seattle in week one and Jacksonville in week two is great because I'd rather play those teams than the Rams that don't sit anyone. You know, like you want to play teams that are actually playing NFL players. Like in that Steelers Seahawks game, five quarterbacks played and they were all NFL quarterbacks. You know, Drew Locke played the whole second half. Gino played the whole first. I know that's not a good regular season opponent, but I think that's a tremendous preseason opponent because there's no bumbling around. Everybody knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So Bears versus Seahawks could end up being very entertaining because they're both trying to get their number one offensive line right, you know, give the quarterback valuable reps. And you're right. Those two tackles are very impressive. They might have something there. And probably to no one's surprise, the guy that stood out for Seattle was Boye Mafe. He was a wrecking machine. Man, Boy Amafi had such a good senior bowl week, and I thought they, you know, there was a really deep edge class. So I think they might have gotten themselves a little bit of a steal. I think a lot I of you think a, so. a player like that sneaks into the end of round one. They got him in round two, and uh, he's absolutely someone who can chase down quarterbacks in the NFL. So that's a nice selection for them. Their other second round pick, though, Ken Walker's got a hernia, and I, he just underwent a, a minor procedure. They're saying it's minor. They're not too worried about it, but man, stock up for Rashad Penny in those fantasy leagues. Yeah, good point. I think Penny might be fighting something, too. He didn't play Saturday. I'd have to look into that as well. So Walker looked good in his limited reps, but this could be like a DJ Dallas type of game. You know, <laughs> yeah, Homer, it, would be, you know. it would be classic Seahawks if, uh, after all this, in week one, it's Travis Homer and DJ Dallas that are their running backs. <laughs> right. <laughs> but these are good teams to watch. I mean, Bears, Seahawks, Monday Night Football, and week eight might not blow your skirt up, but preseason with the only game tonight – should be good. You're going to see NFL people. Oh, yeah. I'll be watching it. Braxton yeah, yeah. Jones left tackle. Can he continue to develop and, and maybe be a long-term bookend? We talked about the offensive tackles for the Seattle Seahawks. The fifth-rounder Braxton Jones looks the part. I think he needs to get a little bit stronger base, but he's got that basketball athleticism. And yeah, yeah. It looks like he might be able to be a pass protector in the NFL. And you just want to keep seeing those developments from Justin Fields. Getting he. Week one in the preseason looked a lot better. Just getting the ball out quicker, getting down to his okay. check downs, you know, new coaching staff. There's a good vibe around Justin Fields. He's got to continue to do that. And then, you know, he'll make a couple of wild throws, too, that you're like, that just not a lot of human beings can make. So that, uh, Valus Jones, the weapons around mm-hmm. uh, uh, Justin Fields are going to be really important this year. And uh, yeah, I was going to mention Valus Jones just because yeah. they need to work out the pecking order at receiver, too. I mean, I would play Cole Komet a fair amount, Mooney. Like, they need every rep they can get. Absolutely. They've, they've got to dial in at least as much, you know, they, they need to get on the same page as much as they can if they're not going to just be beating people straight up with talent with that receiver court. Yeah, yeah. Be on the same page with your quarterback. 100%. Next, we've got Friday games with the Panthers at Patriots who've been practicing against each other this week, the Saints and Packers and the Texans and Ram preseason previews. Let me draw a picture for you, a mental picture. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks and a few becomes a few too many. It's common occurrence. It's, it's happened. And as the evening comes to an end and people start heading out, 
you think of calling a ride, that was your plan. No, no, you live close by. You can think of a lot of excuses, uh, especially when you're in that mindset. And you can make it home okay. Not a big deal, but it can become a big deal really fast. What are the odds that you get pulled over? What are the odds? Uh, and even so, what's the worst that could happen if you get pulled over? Your insurance goes up. You might be able to talk your way out of it. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. It could get serious very fast. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are often tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Panthers at Patriots. And this is going to be a fun one because of what we've already talked about this week and that Patriots offense. What's that going to start looking like? Who's calling plays when? And is this whole experiment with the, the Patriots' new scheme and new play callers going to work? And, of course, on the other side, the Panthers, it looks more and more like, and I don't know if it was actually ever a competition. Once they brought in Baker Mayfield, it was Baker Mayfield's job, and yeah. I expect them pretty soon to be like, yeah, okay, it, it's – Baker Mayfield is not just starting the preseason games. He's starting the regular season games too. Yeah. I mean, from a Patriot perspective, I would really be worried if you don't see some offensive competency, you know, like all the reports have just been so terrible. I mean, I would think they, they would need to try to get something going. I mean, a couple series with the ones and get some first downs and field goals and have some productive drives. I mean, if you don't see that, I think it's time to worry I'm already worried. Um, but that Carolina defense is loaded with good young players, you know, J.C. Horn and Burns and those guys that should play Friday night. And then I think it'll be exciting to watch Baker. I mean, I would play him a fair amount. This is going to be the closest thing to address rehearsal most teams will do. Um, and then that O-line as well. I mean, some of these teams, like we talked about with Seattle and Chicago, are revamping their offensive line. And no one more so than Carolina. You know, I'm playing Icky a lot and Bozeman and those. I think he might be hurt, but – um, all the new guys. Did you get some continuity going up front? Yeah, I'm gonna watch what that uh, that sort of new scheme. X's and O's wise starts to look like too. Uh, yeah, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to pay more attention to that after diving a little bit deeper into what that offensive structure is going to be. They've got the old Earhart Perkins, but now they're going to have some Shanahan outside zone implements in there. What does that mean for the running game? What does that mean for your fantasy teams as well with those running backs? How are they blocking it up? Um, Tyquan Thornton, he's got legitimate yeah. speed, and there's reports about him making plays in camp. Can he be a contributor in year one, or is he just going to be a you know show me sort of a run off the coverage throw underneath type of a, a an offense and a receiver for the the New England Patriots? So I'm definitely focused in more on the offense, the defense. You know, the defense is going to compete, and, and Bill Belichick's sure. in charge there. But I worry that Bill Belichick's going to be having too many eyes on the offense. And there's not as much talent as they used to have on the defense. Is it just, you know, plug and play now on defense for Belichick's uh, guys out there for his scheme? Or could they actually come down on defense? And if the offense doesn't come around, could they be in real trouble? So those are the things I'll be looking for. I don't know how much of that you can decipher in a preseason game, but that's the storyline there. I'm sure I'll eat my words and they'll win 11 games, but I exactly. <laughs> lean towards this is a problematic season for the Patriots. I'm interested if Matt Corral can show enough that Ooh, if yeah. Mike Mayfield wins the job, do they just keep two quarterbacks and and eat the Darnold money and just cut him and, and yeah. save that roster spot for somebody else when the season comes around? I mean, you really don't want to be wasting a lot of reps and coaching and time, I wouldn't think, on Darnold right now. And unlike Jimmy, 
even unlike Baker from Cleveland to Carolina, you're going to get nothing for him. I mean, he'd get picked up if he got cut, but I mean, maybe you get a seventh round pick if you eat like his whole contract. I mean, you're going to get nothing for him. Yeah, or, or maybe it's it's one of those things where a team's like, man, we need a backup quarterback. We'll pay him two million and just yeah, yeah. a little bit back, and maybe even a seventh round pick or something like that. Maybe you know when cut downs get closer, the uh, maybe the put him behind Brady or something for a year, you know. Maybe the Browns. Would the Browns end up? Ooh. Would they spend a million dollars on Sam Darnold just to have another guy? Because they're going to need a body for eleven weeks. So they'll need a quarterback unless they're just going to go straight for Set and Dobbs. They'll need a. Quarterback. I think that makes things even too scary. I mean, if I'm the Browns, I need an upgrade or nothing. Okay. Yeah. Nope. I mean, I would do. I would do the Trubisky move, the Mariota move, if I were Darnold. Go sit behind Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Brady someone that you're zero threat to and try to get your, your mind right. You know, Saints and Packers, what are you gonna be looking for there? No, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers might play a series in week three of the preseason, according to Matt LaFleur before the preseason started, but we're gonna see a lot more of Jordan love there with the, with the Packers who are hosting the Saints. Love's still interesting to me. I mean, uh, they would never get anything close to what they paid for him on the open market, but, and I was never a fan and that looks like, somewhat of a wasted pick but we know quarterbacks always hold value and I'd love I'd love to see the young man have a great preseason um Romeo Dubs to me was really impressive and I'm oh not I've, saying, got some, I've got yeah. some information on that so it Ooh. is actually Dobbs so this is the story so Dobbs, oh, it is. someone asked him and he finally corrected people so that's why the the announcers are calling him Dobbs and I had never heard him called Dobbs he's always called Dubs uh, in college, and he just never corrected anybody. So now he finally has, and so it is Romeo Dobbs. Is okay. The there. So it's Dobbs, like M-Dub. No, it's Dobbs. It's okay, not. Okay, okay. <laughs> like not Josh Dobbs. Dobbs. But uh, yeah, but I, I kind of like the Dubs thing. You know, he's he's he wins his routes. There's a lot of Dubs there with his routes, but uh, yeah. it is Romeo Dobbs is the, uh, is the proper way. Yeah, and I think he's been good. I think he's been one of the stars of preseason. They absolutely need him. I think Watson's going to have a, a stiffer learning curve than Romeo. I'm just going to call him Romeo now. Um, and I think all their first-round rookies on defense are fun to watch, as well as Packer O-line right now. It's a little in flux. So here's a big one. And I don't know if any of these guys are going to play in the preseason game, but Elton Jenkins, Robert Tanyan, and Christian Watson all back. So, you know, uh, ever since the draft, it was all about Christian Watson there, the second-round pick at wide receiver for the Packers. Dobbs has taken over in camp and preseason because Christian Watson was on the pup list, but we might see both rookies potentially on the field here in week two. So Christian Watson back at practice. And uh, I, I still have my doubts once the season starts. Aaron Rodgers has not been kind to rookie receivers no. young receivers and right. targets veterans uh, a lot could could Dobbs or Watson be the be be the the exception to that rule so be watching both those guys closely mm-hmm. I'd like to see Winston have a nice game as well I mean we didn't do a lot of Saints conversation they seem pretty set and not a lot of things to sort out there but it, it'd be, I think it'd go a long way if Jameis you know had a quality outing I'm not worried about Chris Olave. I think he'll be no. solid for them, but you want to see him start to make a, a couple of plays there on offense. And Trevor Penning, you just want to see growth and see him get better each week because that's important for them. Uh, if if, you, if that's the plan, he's your he's your left tackle. They spent a lot of resources to move around, get up, get those two first round picks in Olave and Penning. They got to be good. They have to hit. They have to hit. Yeah. The final game Friday is the Texans at the Rams. It is a late start. The Rams probably won't play many. That's their MO. Uh, the Texans 
will uh, continue to develop their young quarterback. Uh, but the story here is, and I think they're trying to make the rookie earn his stripes. And we've seen a lot of that around the NFL. The, the veterans just get the first crack and you never want to give the rookies anything. Uh, but Damian Pierce, right? Like just mm, if, yeah. if he sh- continues to show out that he's the best running back, you know, that secret is is pretty much out and you've got to, you know, plan accordingly in your fantasy leagues. I expect him to grab a hold of this by the throat, be the top running back by far. Uh, maybe they won't tell us that, but I think his play will show us that and it already has to some degree. Um, I can't even talk about the Rams. I mean, the Rams don't play anybody. Nobody, nobody laughs in the face of the preseason like the Rams. I mean, they are so top-heavy. Why would they? Plus, I just think it's a McVay Rams sports science approach to it all that, hey, if we're rusty in week one, so be it. We'll be fine by week 17, and we'll be healthier than you. And it's worked. They just won the Super Bowl. Um, Houston's going to be the opposite. I mean, they're going to try to get everybody going. So I bet Houston wipes the floor with them. I don't know what the spread in this game is, but I bet they win big and the Rams won't lose one bit of sleepover. Is that road dog? Road dog, yeah. Actually, the road favorite probably actually is. They probably are favorite, right. Uh, I got one for you. How about the Rams' first pick this year, their third rounder, Logan Bruss? Remember uh, right after the first round when Cole Strange was drafted, and Sean McVay was sitting up there with Les Snead, and they were talking about, man, we were hoping we were going to get Cole Strange in the third round. Well, they got a guard. It ended up being Logan Bruss. So uh, we'll see if he's a future starter for the Rams. So that, that's yeah. the one player I'll be watching for the Rams. He's such a Rams mid-round pick guard that they get quality play out of. And, you know, and four years from now, he'll make $10 million a year and give them a comp pick. You know, And it's actually really important. It's sort of a no-name crew, but – they right. need those mid late round picks that they've had so many of because they haven't had the top picks. And if you're going to go stars and scrubs, you need a ton of performance and a ton of got to hit on a couple of them. Like you need starters to come out of those groups. Right. I mean, they've gotten Cooper cup and guys like that from the mid rounds, but they really just need starting linebackers and guards and safeties and cheap positions that are filler worker bees. We will finish up the previews for the rest of week two preseason tomorrow. Get to the Saturday and Sunday games. We even got Monday night football as well, Matt, in this preseason week two. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.